The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. My guests today are Burns Maxey, who is the president of City Space in East Hampton at 43 Main Street, that big, beautiful building that we all drive by a thousand times when we come into East Hampton. Burns, hi, how are you? I'm so good. It's so wonderful to be here with you, Tara. It's so nice that you're here, too. I appreciate it. Um, And then also we have Carol Abby Smith. Hi, Carol. How are you? Great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you're here, too. And Carol, you're the clerk at City Space for the Board of Directors. Yes. Nice. And also a broker and realtor at DLAP. (laughs) DLAP. DLAP. All these southern gals. (laughs) Before we we started recording, we were talking about DLAP insurance, or DLAP um, real real estate, right? Realtors. Um, And uh, Burns, who had spent a little bit of time down south. Born and raised in Born and raised in the South. Mm -hmm. So D-Lap was a way to pronounce it. Uh, (laughs) D-Lap. I tell you what. That's right. Exactly. I I thought I had lost that accent, but it just came back. It was like, woo! You'd never know she was from Mississippi. I mean, she's deep South. Deep yeah, south. well, that's that's why D Lap comes out a little bit <laughs> that's once right. in a while. That's right, and, and the seventh month of the year. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. Yeah, it like starts to slide back in. <laughs> July, July, you got it. Um, and I got to know a little bit about D Lap, and in that, Carol, you're also an owner and a manager. Correct. Um, so, will you just talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like we haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't. It's really a weird talking, situation. Yeah. When Dennis DeLapp died, he, in his will, said anyone who had been in the office uh, for more than five years could become an owner because his wife wasn't interested in taking over the business. So seven of us decided that we wanted to be. And we really didn't know how we were going to do it. it. You know, it's kind of a cooperative venture to have seven owners in real estate. It's very bizarre. So we have um, one broker, and that's been rotating, and two managers, and that kind of rotates between the owners. Um, I'm loving it right now because I get to be the one to give out money for sponsorships. So It's such a fun job, oh, right? It is a fun job. <laughs> Real fun job. I you feel have, like you have lots of friends now. Yeah, yeah well, know. that's it too, right? It's like a blessing and a curse because totally. all of a sudden they're like, hey, totally. Carol, yeah. did you get my request? Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I just got a bunch today, as a matter of fact. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that a lot at Greenfield Savings Bank. So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to wear that hat. And then also... Oh. Uh, a little. <laughs> there goes your chandelier there, there, there earrings. <laughs> did you call those your Stevie Nicks earrings? What did you call those? My Madonna earrings. Madonna earrings. Oh, right. Yeah. We were talking about earrings earlier, and, and Burns has these really beautiful sort of chandelier earrings on, and Carol has these smaller earrings on, which are still beautiful. Well, I have three holes, though, so I put my fancy... I didn't wear my fancy ones today. Mm. That's my well, that's, you're not supposed to say that on radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So, so good. And the, the most impressed thing that I was when Carol was talking about her earrings is that the top two holes have been in for... 50 years. Which Probably is, more than that. One of them has been since I was 14. That's and I pretty was incredible. piercing friends' ears, much to the horror of parents. With needles? <laughs> uh, with, yeah, fancy, you know, gold pins. Just, you know, <laughs> if somebody, mom had a pin, gold pin. Yeah. Would yeah. you numb it with ice? Yeah, numbed it with ice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's hardcore. That yeah. really is. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you had like the neighborhood gig. Yeah. You were like, oh, yep. call Carol. Yep. You're ready. <laughs> right. And we should just paint the scene here because you have the tiny anvil earrings on that are beautiful. So yes. we're, we're all representing here. Beautiful earrings. Yes. And, and um, you know, these earrings are made by an artist. In East Hampton. That's right. Yep. That's which right. is what City Space is all about. That's right. Well, it is. But it's yep. also, um, you know, representing the region and connecting with artists who are from Hampshire, Hampden, and Franklin counties. So a couple of years ago, we really connected with what we're doing and thought about who we're serving as a nonprofit organization that has a long-term lease on this beautiful building, as you said, in East Hampton. But we really thought about, you know, as inflation happens and as potential recession happens, how are there safety nets and connection and ways to really help artists thrive who live within those three counties? So we, we really expanded our mission to connect with Western Massachusetts, as they say. Those artists that are in there, as well as community members who live here, um, can really work with w the programs that we're developing, the uh, events that we're producing, um, as well as the future of the second floor performing space in the Old Town Hall. So Old Town Hall is right on the rotary, yes. as we said, coming in from Northampton, Route 10. Yes, mm -hmm. you see it a million times when you, you come yep. into East Hampton. It's a, one of the primary entry points of the city. Yep, and it, so tell us a little bit about the history yeah. of that building, because I feel like so many people really don't know what's going on in there, where it's going, what it's yes. been. I mean, we all see the big thermometer, but we can get to that part later. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so many people have this relationship with that building as being a place where you get your fishing license or your marriage license. And um, it the changed. Jail. The jail. It changed a number of years ago, 20 years, <laughs> over 20 years ago. The city of East Hampton left the building and um, because essentially it wasn't big enough to house all of their offices. So they were in different buildings throughout and moved to 50 Payson Avenue. And, you know, I should back up and just say the building itself was built in 1869. It's a historic building. So it was built right after the Civil War. That's the same year that Greenfield Savings Bank was started. No kidding. Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't Look, know that either. GSB. GSB. Since Maybe they loaned them the money. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's interesting. Bank GSB was also founded at that same year. So a it lot of banks opened up good year time. for people it to must, wanna A thriving deposit, time make for, some deposits, for right. Western Commerce. Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, yes. Activity. Yes. And, yeah. and speaking of which, so um, a group came together, a committee came together and wanted to build this building. The library was going to be housed there, the first library, as well as the town offices. And Samuel Williston and Horatio Knight, who was a former lieutenant governor, came together along with many other people and said, we want to build this building, but for a future population. So it wasn't for the population size of that time, but for a much larger size, which is why we have this extensive second floor space for town meetings and events and um, all kinds of things that happen there throughout the years. Um, but so the city had its offices in that space for you know, since 1869. And in the early 2000s, they left and went to 50 Payson Avenue. And so City Space, um, a couple of folks came together. One was Will Bundy, the owner of, of Eastworks, as well as Ed Check. 
And this was in 2005. So if you've lived here for a long time, you know kind of what East Hampton was like at that time. It was pretty quiet. Hmm. Um, There was definitely inklings, you know, of artists who had moved there from especially Northampton, I would say, to be in One Cottage Street and Eastworks. And so that was really starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean. But there was no small oven. There was <laughs> no. no. Oh, God, no. There was yeah. really no coffee shops around Tandem Bagel. There wasn't, you And know, 2005 is not that long ago. It's really not. When you think about it. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was very quiet. So they had um, this idea that, you know, uh, really forward thinking of how can we provide space for arts and community on Main Street rather than this building being A, torn down, or B, used for private uses, um, provide a space for artists and community in this historic building. So they had this vision, and I really applaud them for that because I don't I don't know if I would have known that at the time. Like, oh, in the future, we're going to see, like, all of this vibrancy happening in East Hampton or the region, and we need to preserve this space for that. Um, because it's, you know, it's an old town hall. So it's it has office spaces that were converted into um, to tenant spaces. Big Red Frame is there, East Hampton City Arts. Flywheel came into the building at that time, and it became, the first floor became a place for city space to provide these spaces for the other arts organizations and creative businesses. So we really enlivened the first floor, and that was our first step. So Ed Check, Will Bundy came together, formed that nonprofit in 2005, and then um, the first floor was really populated with these arts organizations and businesses. And so those businesses are still there doing things. Are they bringing traffic into the building? What's bringing traffic into your building right now? Yeah. So like, for example, tonight, Art Walk is happening, which is created by East Hampton City Arts, but is in collaboration with organizations and artists um, and businesses throughout the whole city. You know, you know what these art walks are like. They're all over um, a variety of towns and cities, and they really create uh, foot traffic and um, artists, uh, spaces for artists to showcase their work. So that's happening. It can bring in um, 100 to 500 people into the Old Town Hall. So it depends on the art walk and what's happening. Both Big Red Frame and ECA have spaces, gallery spaces, and we're also providing tabling opportunities for artists to sell their work. So we thought, hey, you know, we're activating this space already. If you're an artist, you want to come set up, sell your work. If 150 to 500 people come in, they see your work, you're probably going to get some sales here and there. So we thought it would be a good income opportunity for artists. Yeah. And yeah. and I love that platform of just why not, right? Yeah. Like what else can we do? And um, yeah, I just think that's such a great model for you to always be adding on to whatever's going on to say, well, why can't we do this? And why can't we do this? Yeah. Um, so we have to take a pause at, okay. at 2005 and uh, right. 2022. Um, we'll have an accordioning happening, I'm sure, today, going back and forth between the then and the now. But we need to take a break. And you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. And my guests today are Burns Maxey, who's the president of the board of City Space in East Hampton, um, along with an artist yourself and an um, adjunct professor at UMass. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can talk about those things as well. And then Carol Abby Smith, 
who we heard is a um, broker, realtor, and manager owner at Delap. Piercer. Delap. Piercer. <laughs> Yes, uh, although I don't, I don't know. That's I, I once tried to do that to my own belly button, and it did not. It was not very. So I'm having flashbacks. Thank you so much, Carol. No, I'm good. I'm really good. Um, but Carol is also an artist, uh, a jazz singer. Um, so maybe we'll hear about that too when we come back. Thanks for listening. Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are Carol Abby Smith, who is the clerk at City Space in East Hampton, also a realtor at DLAP. <laughs> She's an owner and a manager, um, and also a jazz singer. And Burns Maxey, who's the president of the board of City Space in East Hampton. Um, at 43 Main Street and a designer, marketing and arts, adjunct professor at UMass. So how exciting. Yes. Yes. Indeed. All these things. We'll talk about all the things. Um, so before we broke, uh, you were telling us a little bit about the building yes. um, and its use and also kind of who was really forward thinking yeah. um, in bringing uh, city space to more of like a futuristic, mm -hmm. you know, capacity and an art space. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So when we started, like I said, we really looked at the first floor as being the priority for city space. And it wasn't until later that we convened many performing artists from throughout the region um, to talk about the future of the building, the future of city space, the need for venue access throughout the region. And um, we got a lot of feedback. And one, one aspect of that was one response was really that Overwhelmingly, folks wanted to see city space manage the second floor. Now, we're a volunteer-run nonprofit organization. So we were like, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, it's a city-owned building, still is. So our first step was really to get a 44-year lease with the city of East Hampton and start to plan for the architectural plans for the second floor space. And that space is a future 350-seat double standing, um, beautiful, gorgeous, 50 foot ceiling, stained glass window, just overwhelmingly stage. Yes. It's balcony seating. It has a lot of character and we can't use it. So here's this building that's located right on main street in East Hampton. That's a vibrant community situated right in the heart of Western Massachusetts. And it can't be used because it's not accessible. It doesn't have an elevator. We need restrooms in the building. I mean, on the second floor for performing arts events as well as community events. And that elevator is key. And something that I, when we had started having these conversations, we were like, we need an elevator. Mm -hmm. Well, we need an elevator. We need an elevator. Really, that's what we need. And that conversation led to dialogue about accessibility and what does accessibility mean and who can access this space and where do they need access and so it, it started to really um, infiltrate all of our conversations of who gets to be in this building and how are we welcoming and what 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 does accessibility mean um, you know you have 
you have design that you can create that allows for people to get into one place or another, um, but you also have, you know, systems that keep people from accessing spaces. So it just became part of all of our conversations, whether it was part of our strategic planning, our business planning for the future, as well as the design for the architectural plans. Um, so really, we got that 44-year lease, and that allowed for us to apply for historic tax credits for the building, as well as um, to fundraise for this close to $8 million project now. And um, as well... It keeps going up. <laughs> it keeps going up. Inflation. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, and we are getting close to the restoration of that second floor now. So that really started way back in um, 2017. Um, and then we... We received that long-term lease with the city in 2019. Um, yeah, so and we launched our capital campaign right in 2019. Um, <laughs> so we've been going, and we we really ex we put a pause during COVID, um, but. A couple of things also happened during that time. Flywheel Arts Collective left the building in 2020, and we took some time to figure out what are we going to do. How are because all of our tenants actually are part of the city space board. They have a vote on the board. They talk about what we're doing. We plan together. Um, and we were like, well, what, what can we do during a pandemic to offer space to artists? Do we invite another organization to come in here and, and experience the same challenges of potentially being closed? Um, what, how do we do this? So what we decided to do was restore the first floor space um, make an accessible stage, provide all kinds of amenities, tables, chairs, PA, projector, that kind of thing. Invite folks to come in, book the space. They can use it in any configuration. Hopefully they can make some income off of using the space if they would like, unless it's a private party. So they can ticket their own event. They can promote their own event. We, we have some cross-collaboration with our marketing efforts, as well as providing support. We have a tech list where people can set up their own tech if they need it. If they don't, we can teach them how to use the system. So there's a lot of teaching that goes on or and cross-pollination sort of, of the work that we're doing and they're doing together. And so this space is called the Blue Room, yes. right, that you're referring yes. to? Because I've it, seen It's some... a beautiful blue. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it is blue, right? It is blue. It, it is, is blue. blue. So when you walk in there, you'll know, right. oh, this is the Blue Room. Right. So rather than a black box, we painted it blue. <laughs> yes, I love it. Or yes. rather than the Green Room. Right. <laughs> or rather than the Green Room. <laughs> so, Carol, have you gone on stage ever in the Blue Room? Yes. Um, we've had, well, just this last, uh, when was that? We had the Wild... Uh, Wild and Precious Festival. That's right. In there, which was all basically women over fifty and all sorts of dancers, singers, uh, playwrights, uh, artists of all sorts, and that was wildly successful. And uh, we are now booking lots of things there. Unfortunately, there's only three of us. Um, doing the booking, having to open and close, which is getting a little tough because we're getting busy. 
But we're planning for our next steps to yep. put staffing in yep. place as that part of that. Good. Now, I, w- I do want to say Carol was just on stage a couple of weeks ago with the amazing Wanda Houston. And <laughs> oh my gosh, what a force Wanda Houston oh, is. Oh, totally. So Carol is a jazz musician as well as has had this lifelong dream of having her own jazz, jazz space. Club. Yeah. yeah, her own jazz club. So she's created Carol's Jazz Night. Well, and you wanted um, to name it that. I didn't want to name it that. I, I just... I helped with the branding. <laughs> <laughs> and because everybody knows Carol, who's in the jazz community, and um, she has invited a number of artists to come and perform and created this really beautiful space for jazz and performance. And Wanda Houston invited you up to do a little scatting. So that was pretty amazing. I don't know if you've seen Wanda Houston, oh, but my she God. She's is a force. force. Yes. Yeah, totally a force. Yes. Totally a force. It was great. Yeah. And I used to produce some shows at um, in Eastworks in the 121 room for, well, maybe almost two years. Um, but, yeah, and I'm also on the board for Northampton Jazz Festival, which we just finished a wonderful run. So, And you'll be scatting the remainder of the show. <laughs> That's right. I know. That's right. I, I, do, I don't want to push you on the spot, but I'm like, I kind of want to hear this. Well, we do have to take a break, so maybe I can hear it in the break and, and butter you up to, to get you to do it on the air. Anyway. No pressure. Um, we have to take a break. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are Carol Abby Smith, um, who you just heard is an amazing jazz singer and um, books some venues at City Space in East Hampton, and Burns Maxey, who's the president of the board of City Space and is also a designer and an artist and teacher in her own right. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Burns Maxey of City Space and also Carol Abby Smith of DLAP Insurance and also from City Space. She's a clerk and a jazz singer and a booker. Um, for that venue, which is pretty cool. Um, the, the space is amazing. The blue room is just a cool place to be in. And, um, personally I got a tour, um, from Burns, uh, and I had never been sort of upstairs in the building thinking about the expansiveness of the campaign. I'd driven by the thermometer a thousand times and seen it going up over the years. You said, do you count it starting in 2019? We like, do. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So so it's been, it's been a few it's years. Been like, you're yes. like doing it. It's just like, and you see that that thermometer line chugging up, chug yeah. it up, chug it up. So You didn't spike a major fever in like March of 2020? <laughs> <laughs> it laid him out for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we keep going. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a labor of love, but it's such an important space that needs to be renovated um, being on Main Street. And... You know, something that we talk about a lot is the arts programming that we have available in the building and that we're going to provide in the building. But something that we have started with was looking at sort of what is the feasibility of the project and what are the reverberations that will happen to the local economy. So we found that with the second floor building, uh, with the the renovation of the 350-seat performing arts and community space, um, with just 10 sold-out shows, there will be, we, we 
see that there will be about $100,000 that goes directly back into the local economy, which is 10 sold-out shows. Mm. So that we believe, and that's just with a 350 seat, not with a standing performance. So when we think about something that, you know, I, I worked with the city of East Hampton. And, and the um, planning department, And right? the planning department yeah. as the arts coordinator. And at the time, I think that the state, the Massachusetts Cultural Council, had really thought about how can we reinvigorate the economy through um, arts and culture. And uh, it was an incredible project that really funded cities and towns through these mechanisms to really sort of help communities thrive, give artists opportunities, provide events, all kinds of things, create um, create grant funding programs that help to support the renovation of buildings. But something that I think all of us kind of didn't think about was like, what happens when it works and you create these vibrant communities? How do you create safety nets for, um, for thriving communities where artists can still exist so that you can live in a place with other artists because they're the ones who make this place so exciting rather than it becoming homogenized and gentrified completely. We want it to be thriving, but we want it to be exciting. So if we can plan smartly and city space, I see as being a project of that sort, we're creating this safety net. So we're creating the economic opportunities for the surrounding community, but we're also creating long-term affordability for artists and community members. So we have that 44-year lease, but one of our core goals is to create long-term affordable rental opportunities as well as programming that will give artists access to space. And so are artists currently taking advantage of that right now? I mean, what does that look like in terms of people coming in to book the Blue Room or use the space or get technical assistance from um, you or your team at City Space? Yeah, so our booking process is very transparent. We have it online. Um, people can book hourly. It's at cityspaceeastampton.org. And um, you can book hourly. You can book daily. Essentially, you fill out a form. We check our, our dates, see if it's available. We provide some information of how you can connect with media, how you can connect um, with us as far as promotion, how um, you can connect with tech folks to help enhance your program. Um, we talk to each person that rents the space to say what can make your event better. So we know when we come to the other side of that event that what we need to do to help improve the space this year, we also launched the Pay It Forward program. It's a pilot program that really um, prioritizes low income and people of color that are artists within the three counties, Hampshire, Franklin, and, um, and Hamden County, that uh, allows access to the Blue Room for short-term residencies for artists to develop their work and then to produce a public program um, that will help spark their work to incubate their their um, if they're doing dance performance music um, whatever they're doing they can take their work to the next level we also provide workshops one-on-one -on -one consultation as well as a stipend to use the space so we're paying them to use the space for free yeah um, that that was the that yeah. was the key point I right. think for me when I was hearing about this program I was like oh okay great so they just they have to pay less no. And then Burns <laughs> was saying, no, no, we pay them yeah. to use the space. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what? 
Yeah. <gasps> and, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be great if if artists could have access to space um, for complementary use? Like we could use it like a library. We're not to that point yet. But, you know, we have this program that we've started out where um, where artists, applicants apply. Um, we piloted it this year and we're hoping to roll it out next year with further income opportunities for artists um, as well as some, you know, some st- uh, really fine-tuning the program as a whole so that we can make sure that it's better the next time. Um, and the artists really come together. They they become a cohort uh, and work together. So an artist, say, who um, Kim Chen Gibbons, who's part of Sunset Mission, is a photographer, and she uh, photographed another Pay It Forward. So we paid her to photograph mm-hmm. another Pay It Forward program artists and their work. So it was with um, Aria Acevedo and Play Incubation Collective who were doing a theater production or a play reading. And um, so Kim came in. She was paid for her work. Aria was paid for their work. And, um, and so it becomes this kind of cross-pollination ecosystem that we're trying to create amongst these artists. And Kim is such a good. Oh my gosh, um, Kim is like who I wish I, I was when I was know. twenty. Yes, <laughs> like, a, like a beacon for so many small yes. nonprofits. Yes. She's just this po- pollinizer. I mean, yes. she's this bumblebee, very multi-talented. Just, oh yeah, multi-talented yes. and very involved. Like I'm sure she's been at the Shea a bunch. Many Monty times, um, yeah. is yes. the board president of the Shea. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, the the Franklin County, yeah. um, much beloved theater up there. But yeah, I mean, I I just think that this is such a unique model in that it's supporting the artists to support the work, to do the work, to get it out, to have to not go somewhere else, um, like leaving the place that they are or the region that they're in um, in order to actually produce. Right. And the hope is that these artists will then take their work, say to the Shea, say to the, to Marigold, say to Gateway and produce an even better show. So they've, they've taken their work like, uh, Kim's band, Sunset Mission, took a f- three-day intensive and produced, you know, they are a progressive rock band, Sunset Mission, and they um, worked on their work. And they said that they they their band uh, was light years ahead of where they thought they would be because they had that time and energy to really sit down and think about what they wanted. They created video. Um, we worked with them to create more video, you know, it, and so we're hoping that they'll go to other venues and and really take their work to the next step so that they can really connect with audiences even better. And I feel like that's so important to be able to to give them the space to create. You know, normally when artists go in, it's like a, you're booking, right? Like mm-hmm. you're either booking a an hour or a couple hours or a half day or whatever. And, and you're feeling a lot of pressure. Yeah. So it almost takes that pressure off to totally. like be able yeah. to like have the, the creative juices. Yeah, And I think the only limitation is our physical size of the blue room. You know, we can only hold so many people. Um, we've got a beautiful stage. We've actually got the only handicapped accessible stage um, that, because we, the, that he said we had to do it. So we've got a, actually a ramp that leads up to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else has that as, as far as I know. Yep. I mean, try going to the Academy of Music and, you know, 
on the stage. Getting up the stairs. Getting up the stairs, yeah. It is. Well, you know, accessibility you have to go is, in the so, back. is yeah. so incredibly yeah. important. You know, it, yeah. it really is. And it's not just for folks that um, that need to be able to get on the stage that have yeah. no other way to get up the stairs, yeah. so to speak, but it helps all of us. Totally. Um, in order to schlep and and to mm-hmm. to really be mobile within the space itself. So, you know, accessibility is key to everything that we're doing. Yeah. I love it. Well, we're here again. Another break. It's time. Um, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here today with Burns Maxey of City Space and also Carol Abby Smith, who is uh, also at City Space. It's a nonprofit in East Hampton. And we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and somehow we're already at our last segment. These two wonderful people in front of me, Burns Maxey and Carol Abby Smith, talking about city space in East Hampton at 43 Main Street, right on the Rotary, that big, beautiful building that I'm sure you know. And how I know you know is that it shoots lights colored lights out we haven't talked about this i know and i had to slip it in before we like ended (laughs) because it's like the most iconic building right Mm -hmm. i mean it just that's how you know what what's up with the lights right you can see my keys here this is the keys to the building and i have a key a lot of keys probably like a like she burns would put janitors to shame right now (laughs) i mean there's like 50 keys on that thing there really are so yes i do have keys to change the color of the lights um and actually we are it was hit by lightning uh, the tower was last year and so we can't change the color of the lights right now but we will be oh, eventually no. but we still have lights there's still there's still like a gradient beautiful color that yes. that comes out so so you know. wait tell tell me about this <laughs> so the tower got hit the tower and got so hit. now you can't get in there no we can get in there but the 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 actual program for the lights is has got zapped dry. yes it got a little zapped oh. um, but the lights still work which is beautiful so we're 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 absolutely Colored lights. <laughs> they are colored lights, so yeah. they're purple and green now, and you know, very, very Mardi Gras. So. Yes, very yeah. witchy. I was going to say very, very witchy woman. Very good. That's right. That's right. Um, maybe that should get added to, to the capital campaign. Absolutely. Well, you, you know, the capital campaign itself is about an eight million dollar project. Um, we kept costs down for the project as a whole. What it does is restores the second floor space to be. Essentially, it's a beautiful space Gorgeous. already. Yes, we need an elevator. Its bones are good, right? That'll be an addition to the side of the building where there's not residential, so it will not impact the residential folks that are in the area on the other side of the building. So it's going on the left side. Yes, we're talking to Bank ESB right now and other um, businesses about shared parking and how, rather than building a parking lot, how we can have shared parking within the area. Um, so we're really trying to think smartly about the project as a whole, um, keeping the cost down. So we've actually already started the renovation. We created uh, a phase one that what I call the non-sexy parts of the project because it allows for the HVAC, the electrical work that'll feed to the second floor, pulling out those beautiful but cantankerous um, radiators mm-hmm. that are in old buildings that, you know, clang as you go down. We pulled them out of our house, too. Did you? Congratulations. <laughs> Even though they're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they're so gorgeous, yeah. right? But yeah. they take up space, and yeah. they make noise, and hiss and moan, and right. all that stuff. Yeah, right. I get it. But, you know, I mean, we, we're... 
living in a pandemic. And so air is very important. So having clean air within our spaces, within a building that was built in 1869, this is this is important stuff. So we're starting with that phase one. We've actually already started with that project and it's underway right now. Um, the, the second phase will be to add that elevator and to restore the second floor, the remainder of the project. And um, we essentially... The way that we're funding this project, the city itself, it's a city-owned building, has um, put forth $3.25 million for the project. Um, and that is through this Community Preservation Act. If you don't have that in your city or town, I recommend that you make totally. sure and get that because it has been instrumental in transforming this building. Um, so we have that funding that's moving forward. They're bonding some of that. They have been putting aside some of that. It will not increase our tax base, our taxes for our tax base. Um, and then we are looking at all sorts of funding sources, including state grants, foundations, individual donors, People have given large donations up to $250,000 per individual down to $5. So we have this range of folks that are able to give in all different capacities. And that's something that we found from leaders within the state who come to us and say, you know, people come to us and ask for all $8 million. <laughs> and we just know, A, East Hampton can't just support the this, the region can't just support this. It's got to be an effort from state, from foundations, from individuals, uh, from businesses as well. So the business corporation donors, corporate donors have come forth. Uh, Bank ESB has uh, put forth a match for 150000 towards the campaign. Mike Tausnick, who is on our board as our treasurer. Mayor Mike. Mayor, yeah, Mike, Mayor Mike. And uh, 17-year mayor, original mayor of East Hampton, is our treasurer as well as the construction manager. Um, very instrumental in this. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, uh, raspberry vodka. Oh, yes. Raspberry like vodka. Creator. Yes. yes, he loves I feel to pick like raspberries. That's one of the best things about going to um, fundraisers in East Hampton is that yes. if Mayor Mike has been asked, you'll have like some picture of his yes. concoction on the right, table in right. a bell jar. And I'm like, oh, that's right. a hot one, you know? So. I <laughs> I never, oh phone, no! Phone never makes noises. <laughs> I'm like, whose phone is that? <laughs> so, so Mayor Mike brought forth uh, fifty thousand dollars towards the project. We have a wide range of people that have given all all sorts of donations. Like I said, from a hundred, two hundred fifty thousand. Um, we've the state has given us a, a two hundred thousand um, dollar grant. But, you know, a sweet spot, I think, for a lot of folks is to name a chair. So we have a naming the chair opportunity, take a seat where folks can give $500 and put a, the name and tribute to somebody on the back of the chair. So Which is so fun. It really it is. is. Yeah. I, I love the name. I one for each one of my parents who yes. were super community involved people. And my yeah. mother was a musician. So... I yeah, lo love that's doing a it. nice. It's yeah. a nice tribute yeah. and, for sure. And I've bought chairs, and I change the names all the time if I'm going to name because I'm like, oh no, I want this. Person. I don't know. Oh, I have to buy another <laughs> chair. I have well, to buy another it's, chair. It's fine until the plaque goes yes, on, right? Yes. <laughs> and like sorry. for example, Casey <laughs> Douglas of of Galaxy, um, he bought ten chairs in honor of in tribute of the the folks that work with him. You Aww. know, so there's a lot of meaningful yeah. um, tributes that come forth from that that really really touch me as well as um, you know I can't. wait wait to have our first opening where everybody comes in and finds their chair. How many <laughs> chairs do you have left? So we have about half. So yeah, we, See? there's, there's still chairs to be all sold. All right. Well, 
I'll try and sell some chairs. For okay, you. okay. Great. You, can, you both can buy chairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's a great opportunity to really have some impact and see your name in the building as well. Yeah. So for the future, um, you know, are do you have an end date goal or is this kind of rolling? Like, what is what are you thinking of? Yeah. So we're we have a couple of things that are outstanding. We're looking to closing the gap from individual and corporate donors, which is about five hundred thousand dollars. And um, to do that, we're looking to do that uh, within the next year. Folks can give uh, multi-year donations as part of the project. We are looking to getting to a certain amount by the end of this year so we can put forth construction in the beginning of next year. Um, there are a number of things we have to abide by, historic preservation standards, as well as prevailing wage. It's a city-owned um, historic building. Um, so putting that RFP together is going to take some time at the beginning of next year. Um, but if we have our certain chunk in place by the end of this year, which will include those individual and corporate donors, just $500,000, as well Pittance. as... Um, yeah, right. Especially <laughs> compared to the to the yes. grand total, right? right? right. I mean, and then super we, impressive. Right. And then we have state funding requests that are out there for grants that are going to be imperative to the project, as well as an economic development bill that is ready to be put forth by the governor um, in order to put $750,000 into this project. Um, so all of these things, it's like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. You know, once we get our puzzle together, we're ready to go, but we're able to do a certain... Uh, launch the construction and then do some of the extras like the theater uh, pieces and parts like the lighting, the takeaways, this, the Sound chairs boards, yeah. um, after the, the, the major construction of the project. And so, you know, Carol, if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, what your hopes are for this I building. I hope to stay alive long enough <laughs> at 76, you know, this is like, and I've been on the board for quite a while now. I just can't wait to see it happen. I can't wait to bring big national groups in to perform. Um, we can put plays on in this very flexible space. Dance troops are really excited because it, there's no impediments. This is just a huge open space. And it's in town. And it's like, in town. I feel town. like a lot yep. of the mm -hmm. performing groups have to leave yep. town. They de definitely um, do. Yeah. And we did several charrettes with, you know, inviting performing arts groups. What do you need? What do you want? And it seems like this is kind of a perfect size yeah. in between the academy and it's smaller spaces, you know, much of the small spaces are maybe 150, 200 seats. And then you've got 800 seats or 1200 yeah. seats, but this is really yeah, a good size. It's more manageable. Yeah, it's more manageable. Yeah. 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 Especially when you're just starting, it's hard to fill really big flexible. spaces. And it's flexible. So yeah. everything can be cleared out yeah. or it yep. can be yep. set up for in the round, you know, or a proscenium stage seating. Yep. It's amazing. Well, I am so excited about this project. Um, thank you both for working so hard on it. Um, and Carol, <laughs> I was just at the bus stop this morning and someone's grandma is turning 100. And so I feel like. Yeah. Well, my you're dad good. made it to 100. So yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm so you're, you're good. You're, you're going to be around. That's right. I, pr I promise you, you're going to do it. Um, 
So thank you for joining. Um, and thank you to our sponsors, Greenfield Savings Bank, uh, who we just heard is 153 years old, just like the building. Um, <laughs> and uh, 10 branches in Franklin and Hampshire County doing really wonderful things in the community. I'm so proud to be employed by them. And then also George O'Brien and his team at Business West. Where would we be without all of the great reporting and editorials and storytelling from George and Business West? I'm Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. My guests today were Burns Maxey, who's the president of City Space, and also Carol Abby Smith, who's the clerk there. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for the arts, and thank you for just being fabulous. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Love Fest. Let me sit on top of your knee.